What's up, guys? Thanks for checking out the Dad Tired Podcast. If you're brand new, welcome. Super glad that you are here. If you just stumbled upon the podcast, we are just a group of guys who are trying to figure out what it looks like to fall in love with Jesus, to be obedient to the things that Jesus has called us to, and most importantly, to help our families do the same. We're just a bunch of broken dudes trying to figure that out. And if that's you, if you can relate to that, we'd love to have you part of our little community. We've got thousands of guys from around the world who resonate with that message who are hanging out with us on a closed group on Facebook. We'd love to have you over there. To do that, go to dadtire.com, click the community tab, and we'll actually link you over to a closed group that we have on Facebook, like I said, with thousands of guys from around the world who are taking this stuff very seriously. I do want to let you know that I'm actually going to be in Rockland, uh, which is near Austin, Texas, this next week, uh, May 4th. And so if you're in the area, if you're in the Austin area, and would like to come to a Dad Tired conference, we would love to have you come be part of that. You can go to dadtired.com and click the conferences tab and that will show you the best way to get all the details about what we're doing over in, Rockland is not the right word. I keep saying Rockland, Rockdale. I think it's Rockdale. If you live in that area, you probably know much better than I do. Uh, I don't think there's a Rockland, Texas. If there is, that's not where we're going. We're going to Rockdale. So... (laughs) Go to Rockdale, go to dadtired.com. All the accurate details are there. Don't listen to anything I'm saying. If you want to do a Dad Tired conference, we'd love to talk to you. Uh, shoot me an email at hello at dadtired.com. Again, that's hello at dadtired.com. Let me know you're interested in, or if your church is looking for a speaker, I'd love to come. Just talk to the men or to the people of your church there. Uh, I want to give you guys a really, really important update. We had the goal of raising $15,000 uh, in the Dad Tired ministry so that we can help do more conferences and more cities and reduce the cost of conferences for churches. We hit the goal. Like by God's grace, some, I this is insane to me. Like it, there were... Th- multiple times this month where I was actually brought to tears, true story, um, because some of the donations that you guys brought in, some of you donated on behalf of your business because you wanted to have a tax write-off while also just encouraging the ministry. Some of you just personally made big donations, but regardless, we hit our goal of 15,000 and, uh, and man, you, some of you just gave so sacrificially, it blew my mind. And I'm just so, so grateful for all of you that contributed to that. Uh, this just yesterday, as we hit that goal, I was just thinking, man, like, okay, like let's, let's keep going as far as like what we can do is in the ministry. Like instead of just thinking, reducing the cost and doing more of these, like what if we could hit, I, I just started dreaming. I was like, how can we get one of these in every single state over the next two years? Um, so I don't know, man, like God is just stirring up in my heart. I've got a lot of like joy and uh, motivation and excitement in me because of how sacrificial you guys have been. And, uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, I'm super, super excited about it. Um, and, and I just, if you want to continue to give, I think that we can do more of these in more cities. And again, we can lower the cost. We can invite guys in who couldn't afford it, but these honestly, somebody asked me at lunch today, like, Hey, what do you think is like the thing that dad tired, like the biggest thing dad tired's doing? I would say number one, this podcast reaches hundreds of thousands of guys. Um, but also these conferences, although they're not reaching hundreds of thousands of guys, the depth that guys are getting out of these, like the life changing stuff, just go to dadtired.com forward slash donate and read one of the emails that a guy just sent me who went to a conference 
recently and tell me that this isn't just the coolest thing that God is doing. So anyway, if you want to be a part of it, you want to contribute to it, you want more of these in your city, go to dadtire.com forward slash donate. Help us just get more of these in your city. It would mean a lot to me. I want to thank Skylight Frames for sponsoring this episode and also HelloFresh. I'll be telling you a little bit about HelloFresh later in this episode so you'll hear me talk about them. I'm excited about them being uh, another sponsor and again sponsoring this episode. But I do want to tell you about my friends over at Skylight Frame for sponsoring this episode. Skylight Frame uh, is a digital photo frame that allows you to kind of immediately post pictures on this really beautiful like touchscreen photo frame. I know for many of you, Mother's Day is just around the corner and you're trying to figure out like what do I give my mom or my wife as a great Mother's Day. This is what I got my mom and it was amazing. She loves it. She lives down in California. I send her, you set up a custom email. I send her photos of the grandkids straight to this email and they pop up on her skylight frame at home within seconds. She loves it. They set up super easy and under 30 seconds or under 60 seconds, I should say, uh, you just plug it in, touch the screen, connect to your wireless network and you're off and running. You can send photos to skylight effortlessly. Again, just send them straight to that email. They'll pop up within seconds. The frame is black and sleek and beautiful. It's got this 10 inch touch screen. You can swipe through the photos and even tap the person Uh, and thank the person who sent the photo. The coolest thing about them, they have a 100% satisfaction guarantee. If you don't love your Skylight, they will offer you a full refund. That's insane. They're going to give you a full refund if you don't love your Skylight frame. So now as a special Mother's Day offer, you can get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight frame when you text TIRED to 484848. That's right. To get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight frame, just text TIRED, T-I-R-E-D, 48 to 4848. That's T-I-R-E-D to 484848. Again, that's going to get you $10 off your purchase of a Skylight frame. So I was actually born and raised in California uh, by my mom. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know this. Uh, I was raised by my mom uh, with just her and my sister. She was a single mom. My dad left when I was about three years old. And uh, so it was just me and my mom and my sisters. And uh, there was always this expectation with my mom that as soon as I was able to get a job and to kind of pull my own weight around the house, that that was like expected of me. And so I was excited about that. Like I looked forward to having a job one day and really uh, earning an income and helping my family out. We we grew up really poor and kind of paycheck to paycheck. Uh, my mom worked her tail off. And uh, so we all felt as siblings kind of the um, expectation of us that we had to get out and work and kind of pull our own weight. So my first job that I ever got was actually as a paper boy. That was the, that was the first job that you could get, uh, at the youngest age. I was only 12 years old and got a, uh, a job as a paper boy delivering newspapers, which, you know, you talk to anybody under 20 years old and they have no idea like what a newspaper is. They're like, why don't you just pull up the news app on your phone. Why in the world would you look at a newspaper? Uh, Because the reality is we didn't all have apps and phones that didn't exist back then. So when I was 12, people actually had uh, woke up in the morning and opened their door and uh, grabbed the newspaper and started reading the daily news, which kind of, I've got a little bit of nostalgia in me. Like that actually sounds kind of nice. Like I I feel like I'm getting older by the day. (laughs) 
like I'm an old man now. And the thought of like waking up and getting out of bed and having a cup of coffee and like going to my door and pulling out the newspaper in my slippers in a robe. I don't own a robe, but I should. Um, man, now I got sidetracked. I got to get on Amazon and find a robe. Anyway, uh, you know, going out there in slippers and just get that dad bod stomach out, like showing the world and all the neighbors. And uh, anyway, I, I went on a whole tangent there, but it does sound kind of nice to grab a newspaper. That was my first job, man. I was putting newspapers on people's doors and I love that job. Like it was actually, I had a lot of fun with it. You'd wake up super early in the morning, 3.30 in the morning, start going through the newspapers, rolling them up, putting rubber bands on them, loading up your little uh, backpack thing that they gave you. I don't know what it's called. Sling, newspaper sling. Uh, so anyway, I felt cool, man. As a 12 year old, I was like, this, I'm it. This is it. I'm working. I'm a working man. I've stepped into a career, you know, like I'm doing something with my life. It definitely had a chip on my shoulder and felt like all my other friends weren't doing anything with their lives, but I was actually doing something. And, uh, but I didn't feel comfortable telling my friends that I, that my job was a paper boy. Like that didn't sound as cool as what I felt in my heart. Uh, it didn't match it, you know? So, uh, when I went to school and kind of like dogged on my friends. I was like, Hey, what are you doing with your life? You know, I've got a career. I've got a job. What are you doing? They'd all ask like, all right, Jared, well, what is it? Like, what do you do for work? Uh, what's your job? What's this career you speak about? And I would, uh, again, paperboy didn't sound that cool. So I'd always say like, uh, well, I'm like a, I'm like an assistant journalist, you know, like I help deliver the news. <laughs> I'd really embellish it, you know, just to like make them think that it sounded way cooler or that I was doing something way cooler than I was actually doing. Uh, and the reason I did that is because kind of ingrained deep into our mind, even as little boys and humans, is uh, what we do is deeply connected to who we are, right? Like if, if I asked you, what who, who are you? Uh, you would likely tell me what you do. We especially do this as men. Like if you go up and you introduce yourself to a man, you're like, hey man, I'm Jared. What's your name? And he tells you his name and you start to go. Like within two minutes, you're finding out like, so what do you do? And what we're really trying to do there is kind of put people in a box. We're trying to put each other in a box. Like I think I'm going to base my uh, assumption about who you are based on what you do. And uh, so that it's ingrained in us. And so even as a kid, I didn't want people to think that I was lame for just being like this paper boy. I wanted to think that they're, I wanted them to think that I'm cool. And so I embellished uh, my, my job title as a, uh, assistant journalist, which I wasn't, you know, we do this even now, you know, years later, decades later, um, where now it happens like on social media or we still do this at our workplace, especially men, we're always like kind of sizing each other up, even subconsciously. The one place where I've seen that doesn't do this very often is actually Texas. Texas guys are a different breed, man. I've done a couple dad tired conferences there and those guys are just like, they're nicer to each other than, uh, in other parts of the world, uh, especially out here on the West coast. Uh, we're always sizing each other up. When I lived in California, man, you could look at a guy wrong and it's just like turns into like a, a fight out of nowhere. Cause you happen to look at it. It's so stupid. It's like really stupid stuff. Um, uh, but there's just kind of this like, what's that word? Machismo or whatever. I don't know what that word is. I've, I've heard it, but I haven't used it. Anyway, it's like macho, you know, bang your chest. Look how tough I am. Look how big my truck is. Look how loud my music is. Drink beer. Like, I don't know, man. I was just like, I'm not really into that whole scene, but there is this kind of like, we're just sizing each other up and trying to make ourselves look better than we actually are and present our job titles. And we all know it, right? We all see that. And we're like, we don't really buy into it. We can see when somebody's just trying to 
like t- fancy up their title just to make them sound cool. But at the root of all of that is really that idea that who I am is based on what I do. And I've told you guys the story before uh, when I went to Africa and I introduced myself to all these guys in Africa and they were saying, hey, I'm so-and-so and I'm a child of God or hi, my name is so-and-so and I've been saved by Jesus Christ. The most important thing about them was being said right at the start of their name, at the start of the conversation. So they were saying, like, before I tell you what I do or even who I am about my family, about my kids, about my work, anything, you just need to know here's my name. And most importantly, the most important thing about me is that I've been saved by Jesus Christ, which is crazy. Like, that's amazing. Somebody had taught them that your identity is fully secured in who Jesus says you are. Uh, I recently taught, actually, just the today... <laughs> I was up in Seattle teaching and I was talking on the Sabbath and I started the the, the um, message by talking about in the Garden of Eden, how this wasn't always this idea of like who you are being based on what you do wasn't always true. Back in the Garden of Eden, we see God create humans, Adam and Eve. And at the beginning, all they're doing, their only command was to... Uh, number one, you're naked. Uh, and number two, tend the garden. And number three, make babies. Like that. that's it, man. It's like a sweet gig. Like here's all the food you want to eat. <laughs> it's super good. Uh, and here's each other and you're naked. Like make babies, have fun. Like and enjoy each other, enjoy me, enjoy God and enjoy your relationship with God. It was beautiful. Um, that was the start of creation. And there, there was no sense of like, man, I'm, I'm, my identity comes from something I do or something outside of God. It was just, here's who God says I am. And so I know it. I'm confident in that. I'm a child of God. I work hard. I have a wife. And for Eve, she had a husband. And But at the end of the day, like all they would identify themselves as is children of God. It was really this beautiful thing, but it lasts for one page in the scripture. Like it doesn't get very far until things take a radical turn for the worse. And I've I've talked about this with you guys dozens of times, right? But what happens is the Satan, the serpent comes up, the evil one comes up and he whispers this lie into the ear of Eve. He says, if you eat of the fruit, you will be like God, right? So this is the this is the proposition that Satan throws out to Eve. If you eat the fruit, you will be like God. Because he had said earlier, can you not eat any of this fruit? Like, did God give you this giant garden and not let you eat it? And she's like, no, we can eat it. We can eat anything we want. We're just not able to eat from this one tree. And he says, and she says, if we eat of this one tree, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, uh, we're going to die. And he says, you're not going to die. If you eat of the fruit, you will be like God. Now, again, I've, I've said this a million times. The temptation wasn't the piece of fruit. She was surrounded by good fruit. She's in the Garden of Eden. Like it's all organic, non-GMO, farm to table, like as fresh as it gets. She's surrounded by good food. So food was the tem- wasn't the temptation. The temptation was, here's what you'll be like. And this has been Satan's tactic from day one. His tactic has always been to convince you, here's what you could be like if you do this. So it sounds something like this. If you do blank or if you do X, Y, Z, you will be X, Y, Z. For for Eve that day, it was, if you eat of this fruit, you will be like God. Those were the, the blanks that he was filling in. But that that whole structure of his lie has been the same ever since. If you do this, 
you will be like this. Let me give you some really, really practical examples of this. As I was teaching this this morning, uh, I could tell people were looking at me and be like, I don't really get it. Like, what do you, I, I mean, I kind of get what you're saying with Eve, but like, how does that apply to us? I'm just going to throw some sentences at you, some things that I think Satan would continue to whisper in our ear. You tell me if this, if any of this sounds familiar, okay? So again, Satan's lie, his tactic is always, if you do this, you will be like this. Hey guys, just want to take a real quick minute to thank my friends over at HelloFresh for sponsoring this episode. HelloFresh is a meal kit delivery service that's going to shop, plan, and deliver step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients so you can just spend time cooking, eating, and enjoying. HelloFresh makes conquering the kitchen a reality with deliciously simple recipes. So simple, even my seven-year-old cooked an entire meal by himself this last week. True story. Uh, HelloFresh does all the meal planning for you, all the shopping, all the prepping, so you can focus on just eating healthier and having a happier family, which is what we're all about here at Dad Tired. You can get seasonal, simple recipes and pre-measured ingredients delivered straight to your door. Uh, Spend less time planning and grocery shopping so you can get back to actually being an engaged dad. One of the cool things is all the meals come together in 30 minutes 30 minutes max and they call for less than two pots and pans require very minimal cleanup which is what we're all a big fan of uh here at dad tired is spending less time doing dishes and more time being engaged with our family Uh, make family dinners fuss free with HelloFresh's picky eater kid tested and family approved our kid tested and approved family plan recipes they actually have three different plans you can pick a classic a veggie or family and you have the option to switch between any of those as your taste or your preference change Um, for $80 off your first month of HelloFresh go to hellofresh.com forward slash tired 80 and enter the code tired 80 Again, to get $80 off your first month of HelloFresh, go to HelloFresh.com forward slash Tired80 and enter the code Tired80. You're going to get $20 off your first four boxes, eight meals for free. Really, really good deal. Again, that's HelloFresh.com forward slash Tired80. Again, just as a reminder, hear the lie Saint tries to tell us. If you buy this, you will be satisfied. Or if you go on vacation, you will be relaxed. Or if you get that promotion, you will be financially secure. If you get if you check off that thing off your bucket list, you'll finally be happy. If you're productive, you'll be worthy. If you accomplish something, you'll be valuable. If you marry the right girl, you'll be happy. If you stay productive, you'll be important. If you follow all the rules and do everything God tells you, God tells you to do. God will like you. If you make everyone laugh, you will be liked. If you lose weight, you will be confident. If you have a health coach or exercise plan or workout routine, then you'll finally be like confident and more of a stud and you'll live longer, right? Like all of these things are the things that Satan is whispering to us. If you do this, here's who you could be. And that lie is the thing that compels us and motivates us all day, every day to spend more and do more. At the root of our busyness, at the root of that deep sense of like, I need more stuff, is the lie that we believe from Satan that if I do this, I can be like this. And the truth is, the lies of Satan always leave us exhausted 
and will eventually lead to death. You've heard me talk about this before, the analogy of salt water. Imagine you're stranded in the ocean and you're dying of dehydration and there's water all around you and you know you shouldn't drink it, but you're so thirsty. And after days of being dehydrated, you scoop your hands up and you take a drink of the salt water. And for a second, you think, ah, that was actually a pretty good idea. Like that that felt really good on my parched mouth. But very quickly you realize, oh, actually that was a terrible idea. I should not have done that. And you realize like, oh, now I'm actually more thirsty. And now, despite what you know to be true, you scoop your hands back into that water and you take another drink and you repeat the cycle all over again and you keep going back to the salt water over and over again. And for a second, it satisfies, but ultimately it leaves you more thirsty and always wanting more and eventually it will kill you. And these are the things that we find ourselves doing all the time, chasing after salt water, things that we think will satisfy us that eventually leave us more thirsty, and will eventually kill us. If you do this, you will be like this. It's salt water. They say that you'll see hundreds, if not thousands of advertisements a day. And all of those advertisements are convincing you that you should take a drink of this because it will satisfy your soul. We live in a culture that is saturated. Man, if you just go on this vacation, you'll finally feel relaxed. Like you feel super tired right now and exhausted. Your dad tired. Just go on a vacation. You'll feel great. Well, do you ever get back from vacation and you're more tired than when you started? Like something's off, right? Something is off in our culture. Like it's not actually satisfying. You talk to people, you shake people's hands. You say, hey man, how you doing? Everyone says, I'm good, but I'm what? Busy. This is coming out of everybody's mouth. I've traveled all over the country. I've traveled the world and I've heard people say this. Like, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing super good. I'm just super busy. Yeah, I'm just in a busy season. Well, like, hey, has the season ever stopped? Like, is there an end to the season? Seems like we're all just getting busier and busier. And again, at the root, at the core of all of our busyness is the lie that if you do this, you will be like this. And what it always leads to, what the lies of Satan always lead to is exhaustion and eventually death. The truth is, man, we're tired. The fact that you even listen to this podcast, you turn it on if you're a new listener, especially dad tired. Every single person that for the first time they hear dad tired, they just laugh and like, oh yeah, man, that's me. I get it because we're tired. It doesn't just mean men either, man. Everyone is tired. As I was preaching this message this morning up in Seattle, I could just sense in the crowd people feeling that deep sense of like not just physically tired, but their soul is exhausted. I'm talking about us constantly dealing with anxiety and stress and frustration and depression and fatigue. Like again, not just physical fatigue, but our souls are tired. We have bought into the lie that what we do and what we have is who we are. And so we just keep chasing after more stuff and more busyness. We fill our calendars and our shopping carts, hoping to find something that will satisfy our soul. And the truth is, it always leaves us exhausted. Now, the truth is, if I left you there, if we just ended on that last note uh, and the fact that we are constantly exhausted because we buy into the lies of the enemy, uh, well, that would be bad news. 
that'd be really bad news. And it is bad news. We're, we're, we've got our calendars full and we're draining our bank accounts, um, hoping to satisfy us, just taking more and more scoops of that salt water because we believe that if we do XYZ, we will be XYZ. You can fill that in. Like if you, if you happen to be like the one dude who takes notes in these podcasts, <laughs> uh, you can just fill that in just right. If I do blank, I will be blank. And just like think about that for a little bit. Like just take some time and ask yourself, well, what am I believing? If I do this, is it get a promotion at work, fill up, get more bank account, pay off debt, get my wife or kids to behave a certain way? Like what is it that you're convinced of? If, if you do this, you will be what? Satisfied, more happy, relaxed, not so busy, not so tired. Like what is it that you think you need to do to become what you want to be? Because that's really at the heart of everything. Uh, that's what Satan's tricking you with. That's what Satan's stumbling you with and keeping you entangled with. Is it believing that you there's just something you need to do? Do you need to like behave more and get uh, read scripture more and do more devotionals and just listen to more Caleb so that God will like you better? Is that is that what you think like is going to make you have less shame or worthy? Or have a closer relationship with God if you just get your act together? Like, what is it that you're filling in the blank? And Satan will just play that track in your mind over and over again. Hey, man, I know you're like frustrated. You seem restless. You seem tired. You seem exhausted. If you could just do this, here's who you would be. You'd have peace. You'd have you'd finally have some rest in your life. Your soul would finally be at peace if you just did this. And that treadmill never ends. It never turns off. He'll play that vicious track and repeat that lie to you over and over and over again. And you will continue to be exhausted. It's serious stuff, man. Like I know I've been laughing about this stuff, but this is serious stuff. This is kind of stuff that like leads to deep shame and exhaustion, depression, because you're convinced that if you could just get around that next corner and finally do this thing that you'll be satisfied. It's the lie that he just keeps feeding you. I think Satan's so crafty in the way he does. It's never like blatant, hey, you should go have an affair. You should go do this. It's always like just subtle stuff. No, if you just did this, if you just worked a little bit harder, this would happen. This would make you satisfied. And the truth is that record plays over and over and over again, and it leaves us exhausted because it's salt water. It never will satisfy. That's the bad news. The good news is this. Jesus says in Matthew 11, 28, he says this, come to me, all you Uh, who labor and are heavy laden. Some translations say all you who are weary. Translated would mean all you who are exhausted. Come to me, all you who are exhausted, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Again, that's Matthew 11, uh, 28 through 30. Man, you like feel that deep sense of exhaustion in your soul. Like not just physically fatigued, not just like dad tired because you need more naps, but like your soul is exhausted. The good news of Jesus, not just the one day good news that we get to go to heaven, but the good news for you today, the good news that Jesus offers you today is that he's willing to give your soul rest Or think about when he talks about the woman at the well and the woman at the well says, or he says to her, do you want water that will make your soul never thirst again? And she says, yeah, absolutely. That sounds amazing. He says, drink of me. I'm the living water that will quench the thirst of your soul. Like, bro, is your soul thirsty, dehydrated? Jesus says, come to him. 
And I know you've heard this. Like if you're a Christian, you've been in the church world longer than like six hours. You've heard this kind of message before. Like, yes, Jesus gives you rest. And yet you still feel exhausted. And you hear it goes in one ear out the other. You hear these messages all the time and you forget all the time. I told a story today about how when I was in eighth grade, I wanted to volunteer. I just recently had given my life to Christ and really felt compelled to serve. And there was this convalescent hospital, this like old, uh, not old, but this like um, facility where they like assisted living type facility for sick elderly people. And I went there to volunteer and I showed up and I said, Hey, how can I help out? And the lady at the front desk, I could tell she didn't really know what to say. And as she was kind of fumbling through her words, this guy walked by and she said, do you want to play checkers uh, with this man? And I was like, yeah, that's, that would be great. I guess if that's what you want me to do, I'd be happy to do it. So we sit down, this guy's name, I'm going to just say his name was Ronald. And so we sit down with Ronald and uh, to play checkers, we set up the board and uh, Ronald makes his first move. And then it's my turn. And listen, bro, like I'm competitive. I don't care if you're nine or 99, like I'm coming out to win, bro. Like, like I want to beat you. Uh, and so I'm competitive. Like I, and in this moment, you know, as a eighth grader, I get like overly competitive and strategic. So I'm sitting there like mapping out my next six moves. And as I'm doing that and taking my time, uh, Ronald just goes again. He just moves a second turn. And I'm like, hey, bro, like you just went. He's like, no, I didn't. And then I'm in a super awkward situation. Like, I don't know what to say right now because I'm, I'm in eighth grade. I don't know how to handle conflict, uh, but you're clearly cheating. So I let it pass and I, I take some more time to think through like, okay, what am I, what's my move? And he goes again, kid you not, true story, 100% true story. He goes three times in a row. I'm like, Donald, <laughs> Ronald, you just went, man. True story, 100% true. Get, dude gets mad, flips the checker table and walks away. <laughs> I'm like, I have no idea. Like I came here to serve Jesus, to lay my life down. I'm trying to like figure out this whole like live for God kind of thing. And here I am like at this old folks home getting checkerboards flipped down me. True story. I show up the next day. He's waiting at the desk with a big old smile on his face. He's like, Hey, you want to play checkers? I'm like, sure, man, let's play checkers. And we went through the whole scenario again. I kid you not all summer long, Ronald cheated at checkers, accused me of cheating. It always ended up in some kind of like, he was mad at everything. Uh, he couldn't believe that I would cheat every time, you know, it just turned into this huge deal. Uh, but the truth is like he had a memory problem, right? Like he, he kept forgetting. And uh, I sometimes, man, I think we have the case of the Ronald's like we hear the same truth over and over and it's, it seems crazy to think that like the next day I could show up and he had completely forgot and he's ready to like play checkers again. And yet it's crazy to think that you hear the good news of Jesus over and over and over. Jesus can provide rest for you. And yet we, by the time you turn off this podcast and jump back into the normal society and re- everyday life and advertisements are bombarding you saying, Hey, look, I can satisfy your soul. I can satisfy your soul. I can satisfy your soul. And we just, we forget, we forget like, Oh yeah, Jesus says he can give me rest, but yeah, I, I don't really remember that. Or I'm not really into that right now. I'm going to chase these 15 other things that I think will actually give my soul rest. The truth is we forget all the time. And this is why here's the main point. If you've like checked out of anything I've said today here, here's the point. This is why God says to stop every single week and remember the Sabbath. Sabbath isn't talked about very often. Uh, if, unless your church is like passionate about it, chances are you probably don't talk about this. You maybe think this is like an old Testament thing. Maybe we don't have to do it anymore. Listen, it's probably in my opinion, the most, uh, underused gift of God for us as Christians that we take advantage of. 
We just never, we, it's this gift that God has commanded and gifted us with that we no longer do. And we are missing out on a gift. And as a result, we have bought into the lies of Satan that always lead to death and exhaustion. This is why in our bones, we are dad tired, not just sleep tired, but deep in our souls are tired because we've bought into the lie that something else other than God can satisfy us. And the truth and the promises of Jesus always lead to life and to rest. And he would invite all of us to come back and say, I want you every single week to stop. Stop working. Stop consuming. Stop chasing after things. Stop drinking salt water and drink of me the living water that can actually give you life. This is why in the Jewish culture, Sabbath actually starts at night. They eat a meal and then they go to sleep. We've talked about this. AJ Swoboda was on the podcast uh, not too long ago and he talked about how the Jewish culture starts Sabbath at night. And the reason is because while you are sleeping, accomplishing nothing, God loves you fully. Uh, I feel a little bit uh, like it's not fair for me just to kind of throw one podcast at you and say, Hey, you should start Sabbathing and then kind of leave you hanging. Because the truth is, um, as I've had John Mark Comer on this podcast, I've had Jefferson Bethke on this podcast. I've had AJ Swoboda on this podcast, all guys who have written books and who have been practicing Sabbath for years and say, it takes years of practice to get in the habit. So I feel a little bit like it's not fair for me just to throw some random thoughts and say, Hey, I hope you can figure it out. So I'd highly recommend going back and listening to those um, podcast. Again, that was John Mark Comer, AJ Swoboda, Jefferson Bethke. They've all talked about this topic of rest. They've all written books and articles and done messages on these, on this topic. But listen, at your core, if you are tired, like in your bones tired, it's most likely because you have stepped out of rhythm of rest that God has commanded and invited you into. He's inviting you into stop to realize and to remember there is nothing that you can accomplish today. This is what Sabbath is. It's me saying there's nothing I can accomplish today. There's nothing I can buy today. There's nothing I could get somebody to think about me or say about me that would satisfy my soul more than Jesus. There's nothing I can do today that would make God love me any more than he loves me right in this very moment. And the truth is we all have the case of the Ronalds. We will forget every single week. And so God commands and he invites us to step into that rest on a weekly basis. Here's the most practical thing I can like encourage you to do. Please, bro, like just start stumbling your way through this with your family. If your wife is tired, if your kids are always at angst, if you feel constant stress, please just start practicing Sabbath. Take a 24-hour period at any point during the week. Don't be legalistic about it. There's no need to. There's lots of freedom in the scripture. Pick a 24-hour period. Shut off your phones. Shut off your computers. Do no work and just enjoy the fact that there's nothing you can do that would make God love you and your family any more than he does right in this moment. Eat food together, take walks, play outside, throw a baseball around. But at the heart of all of that is to just simply sit and rest in the good news that God loves you fully despite anything you can do. Even while you sleep, his kingdom advances. 
that's the good news of the gospel. That's the truth that he invites you in. Uh, the last thing I'll say is this. I think that the greatest tool of evangelism in 2019 will be Christians who are well-rested. I fully believe that. Listen, we all are tired, everybody. You want to know what would capture your neighbor's attention when they come over and say, hey, how are you doing? And you say, man, life's crazy, but you know what? Like my soul actually feels rest. Like I actually feel pretty good. I'm doing well, man. That that would for sure capture their attention. <laughs> I promise you it's going to capture the attention of your coworkers and your neighbors because nobody's saying that. Nobody actually has that. No, that's not true for anybody. We're all exhausted And so for somebody to come across a Christian that says, you know what, I'm actually not exhausted. I feel well rested, like not just physically I'm sleeping well, but like I'm talking about deep within my gut, like my my soul is at peace. I promise you that's going to capture the attention of your non-believing friends. If you're tired, if you are dad tired to your bones, please start stumbling your way through Sabbath. I love you guys. I hope this was helpful. We'll see you next week. Thank you.